best not miss. Well, I'm a bunch of real proud laying motherfucker, motherfucker. Welcome to the Party Pal, the mind-bending film and television podcast you didn't know you needed. Welcome to the Party Pal's part of the Osiris Network. Head over and see all the goods they have at osirispod.com. My name is Michael Shields. I am here with our secession expert, Justin Wells. Justin, how are you? I'm 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 loving this show. That is all bangers all the time. <laughs> it is all bangers all the time. That's a <laughs> reference to uh, Kendall's... Um, uh, his his mix that he made for his party, and I can't wait to talk about too much birthday. Um, so, if you want to hear us, listen to us break down the first five episodes of season three. You can do that. We already knocked that out in the previous episodes. And if you want to hear us talk about episodes uh, six through nine, you are. We're doing that right now. So, um, I didn't think, and I guess I should have seen this coming, but I didn't think when we would, we would get together to discuss what happened with this season of secession, I would lead with this person, that is Tom. The uh, season ended with a big move he made and uh, it just, it's, it's, it was about, you know, the, the writing was on the wall is what I was getting, I'm getting at and uh, for what Tom did, but did you see that coming? What are your thoughts about what happened with Tom and how they concluded uh, the season? I think you do kind of see it coming and they're definitely developing it all season. And there's a thing about Tom and to an extent, cousin Greg that doesn't exist in any of the Roy children. Yeah. They're actually fighters. Yep. Like I think Logan sees more of himself in Tom than in any of his kids. I would say at this point, that might be the case. I mean, Logan definitely appreciates, um, someone who's heartless and cutthroat. And that was what Tom came to be. And he's been learning heartless, and watching. Heartless, cutthroat, but still loyal. Lo- loyalty is crucial. I mean, he's been looking for loyalty and his family. And uh, it's we'll, we're going to talk about Roman a little bit. But uh, <laughs> I mean, well, let's look at that. Let's break down exactly why, you know, we should have seen this coming or, or you know, maybe people did see it coming. Um, he... You know, this his his break with Shiv has been a, a kind of hard to watch all season all season long. I mean, and it goes back to when they got married, when she wanted an open relationship right away. So that that was one thing that was going on. Um, you know, he it, it, he actually I saw him talking about it. You know, kind of what happened. The actor uh, McFadden, and he was saying that he believed some of his uh, motivation. Um, that he understood moving into it. He believed that Shiv um, wasn't disappointed that he wasn't going to prison. And then you have all the baby stuff as well. I mean, he, you know, he realized pretty quickly that he was in a loveless marriage. And then, you know, after that, once love's out the window, you're just playing the game. Yeah. He's in a loveless marriage with a person that he's smarter than, Mm. that she thinks that she's a genius Mm -hmm. and she thinks that he's an idiot. And, the truth is probably somewhere closer to neither one of them is a genius. Tom is cutting is cunning and sharp. Yeah. yeah. And is willing to take one for the team when he needs to, like, which is why he was willing to consider going to prison. 
Yeah, which is huge. That was a big piece of it. I mean, Logan saw that. He it was he offered that up to Logan earlier in the season. And then so when he's coming back and doing this thing, I mean, Logan has definitely earned a place. I mean, uh, uh, Tom has earned a place with, with Logan. I mean, what am I going to do with a soul? Yeah, no, that's, that's well, that's what happens. Souls are boring. The devil. There was a point that I think is really crucial now that I look back on it when um, Tom is talking to Kendall and he was just saying that he was like, I've never seen Logan lose. Logan doesn't lose. And I believe and, the exact term is Logan does not get fucked. And all you seem to do is get fucked. Yes, yes, exactly. And so that's something it, it's wild thinking when the kids were all going, um, you know, in, in that in that uh, van um, to see their father. You know, there's part of you that's like, oh, my God, do they have something here? But you got to remember that line. I mean, Logan doesn't lose. He's a step ahead. And he had Tom who, who knew that about him. He knew that he wanted to be on that side. And I mean, Logan is on a different level at the end of it we saw that those kids are just entitled kids and yeah. he was there with his team. That's been there. You know, they are just still children and he's still that boss. There are three people in the last episode who you figure out are a step ahead of everybody else. Tom, mm-hmm. Logan and Madsen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Madsen is a fascinating character. It was interesting to watch and think about when Logan was, was willing to work with them. I mean, I know um, Jesse Armstrong, the showrunner, was talking about how some of the inspiration there was like when Rupert, Rupert Murdoch was selling, um, he sold Fox to Disney. There's a lot yeah. of parallels there. He was even uh, he was even thinking about the Time Warner and AOL, AOL um, when that came together. But it was, uh, it was you know, it, it, it just, it, it's just interesting to think about what Logan might have been thinking about. I mean, this is kind of like his last stand. I mean, he, it's his last big move to stay in the game and 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 you know he's it's, we all think that it's all about i mean the name of the game is secession the name of the show but yeah you know it's still it's still logan's game well it's also kind of funny when you talk about logan and the kids because obviously you know when you look at them right connor you know he's just uh he's getting chump change from chumps right yeah um but he is the oldest he He's the eldest child. Don't forget that. He's the oldest. He is the eldest child. Yep. Um, but I, you know, I, I sincerely hope that him and Willa have a fantastic marriage. Um, yeah. It seems <laughs> like it'll actually be significantly more fun and loving than Tom's and Chibs. But uh, <laughs> not a high bar. Yeah. Um, Kendall, like, obviously, he's the one who's just, he's been destroyed by his father yeah. and himself, but mainly destroyed by his father. Um, Shiv. Logan figures out and knows and can see through her because yeah. everybody can. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. the, like I, I point, I said this last year when we did or two years ago when we did the uh, season two finale. Yep. She is the most apparent in her self-interest of any character in the show. Sure. And Great. she never, um, she never gets through it. Like each one of these characters is going like each one of the kids is going through their own struggle. Right. Yeah. Connors is just someone take me seriously. Kendall's is that he wants to be seen as a, you know, a true, like, you know, man who can run a business as as the rightful heir and the one who put in all the work to be his father's successor. Um, Shiv's is just that she, you know, is the smartest and can girl boss the shit out of any of them. And Roman in a way is the most pathetic because of the fact that he's just like, you know, someone has got to tell him that someone, someone 
like one of his parents just need to tell him that they love him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The rest of them are used to it. Like, I think the rest of them know that their parents don't love him. In fact, I think Connor might be loved the most by Logan because Mm -hmm. he's the one that he actually takes the least of his pathos out on. Yeah. Like, you mentioned how um, (laughs) broken Kendall was. Um, When actually that happened, that last moment thing, he was actually consoling um, Roman because he's actually been there. Like, he's like, it's like he's, he's so broken. He's like kind of bulletproof to brokenness. Like, that was something. He didn't see, you know, he, how can you hurt him anymore? He's just yeah. so absolutely broken. But there was, um, that just, that final episode was just absolutely stunning. If you ask me, it was just tremendous execution of a brilliantly written storyline. The acting was insane. Brian Cox was absolutely brutal. Karen was, um, he was actually vulnerable at the end, which is really interesting to see and fun to see. Um, Sarah brought home that final scene. She did. That was really tremendous acting. And uh, Jeremy was absolutely devastating. He might, he might have won his next Emmy, Emmy yeah. in that scene. But there was two giant pieces to this. And one was the confession. And the confession we have to talk about. That was, that was you know, when, when, when um, you know, he kind of came clean about everything. There was that elephant in the season or both seasons now of him killing the kid. And that confession, that was intense television right there. It was. And there's also just the fact that you actually finally get to see Kendall admit to at least another living and breathing person. Yep. That he is, in fact, a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was. I mean, that showed to me two things, kind of the power of of a confession. I mean, that was him just saying it. You could tell like he was getting a load off his back. And then there was also the the power of kind of comic relief i mean yeah. the way roman dealt with it he would just laugh well, that's why it took it. me three quarters of an hour to get a gin and tonic at shit yeah, wedding I, I mean the fact that he was joking about he's like wait you, you've never killed a kid i've killed the kid he's like shit you ever clipped a kid, kid to porsche and just he was just making light of it in a way that it was it was a real fascinating interaction i mean he was in the most roman way helping him and, and moving past it do you believe i want to ask you this do you believe we have we have moved past that storyline at this point with that scene i think that it's been exercised i think so too. i don't under what leverage does it have in the story anymore yeah yeah which is great though the fact that that it's lingered in a really tremendous way and i I actually like the way they 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 brought it to its conclusion there if that is indeed its conclusion um roman all season long and i did just speak to kind of what i thought could be the rise of roman absolutely not the case um, that was happening this season. We see him, you know, at um, at the birthday party. He's obviously been, been dealing with Logan. Logan's been, you know, giving a lot more to work with and stuff like that. But he made the decision in this case to go with his siblings. Obviously not the right move, but uh, that was fascinating. I mean, what do you think was his motivation there? I mean, because he obviously has been looking out for himself so you know, it's, it's it, you know, trying to become that next. But in this, this thing, I, the family ties here, the sibling ties seem to, you know, kind of counter that move a little bit. I wish I understood what was going through his head because sure. he's actually a person who should do the opposite of everything he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has terrible instincts. Like, yep. uh, why would you send a dick pic during a meeting? Are you a fucking sicko? That uh, <laughs> it's such a great line. Episode eight, leading into it, that was um, uh, Chianti share. That was a big one. There was um, 
It was like the dick pic was great. Before we go back to episode eight, though, I do want to talk about one thing from the very end. Oh, good. And we're going to circle around to that finale a whole bunch. If we're talking about Roman quickly at the at the very end, after his father rejects his plea of love as what he comes with. Yeah. Um, Jerry just fucking turning him down and snuffing him at Absolutely. the end. He crawled breaks him. him. He was so vulnerable. Breaks him. Yep. And. Yeah, that I mean, he just, he deserves every single bit of it. Absolutely. Roman Roy is like these kids deserve nothing. Yeah. They are awful people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, he, he told him that straight up that I mean, when he, <laughs> Brian Cox's performance in that scene is just amazing. When he when he mocks Shiv, there was that mock scene, and then he just screamed toy soldiers at them. I mean, he make your own fucking pile. Yeah, yeah, make it your own pile. He was he was pretty much saying you don't belong in this game. I mean. He's been having fun this entire time. He's a, he's a sick man. Logan's a sick man. He's been, you know, uh, he's been toying with them this entire season and probably, probably their entire life. Their entire what, lives. <laughs> what they, what their entire, they're abused children. They're abused. And oh, like, yeah. you got to see that they're not only abused by their father, they've been abused by their absentee mother as well, too. And both of them fucking them together in this whole thing because of their greed and because of just, you know, uh, that they don't care as much as they should is messed up. I was just, um, that dinner scene, I can't stop thinking about it. Now that I'm talking about, um, um, Brian Cox and, and just what, who Logan is that dinner scene between him and Kendall in episode eight, uh, is just so intense to me. That was one of my favorite scenes uh, probably ever in the show. In the moment that really got me is when he, he, he made Iverson, is Kendall's kid, and he made Iris and taste the food. But <laughs> I love the fact that Kendall named his kid after Alan Iverson. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's 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 pure comic. Uh, it, it it's it's amazing. But um, yeah. It's let me ask you that just before we move on because I don't want to spend much time on this. But at the end of episode eight, after that scene, we you know uh, Kendall was face down in a pool. That's how they ended it. And there was a bigger uproar than I imagined. They weren't I killing him off. I, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think I, I were not going to kill the actual probable lead actor in the show off? Yeah, it's yeah. an ensemble cast. But Jeremy Strong is probably been the most featured actor through the entire show. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And they'll find something else to put him into next season. That's going to be wacky and stupid Absolutely. because Kendall is wacky and stupid. Definitely. It's funny. Um, did you read the New Yorker profile on Jeremy Strong? For once, and I will say this only once in response to this particular profile, I agree with Aaron Sorkin in his defense of him. What did Aaron? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, is, is, is Jeremy Strong probably too, uh, you know, intense as a method actor? Sure, all method actors are, but like, it's not like he's doing like the uh, like the joke about method acting of Robert Downey Jr. in yeah. Tropic Thunder, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which you know in retrospect was extremely racist. It's but, pretty um... remarkable. <laughs> 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 no, it's well that 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 um, that profile was as compelling as an episode to me. Yeah, that was just absolutely incredible. I mean, he nearly bankrupt his college theater program just to give a lifetime achievement award to Al Pacino. I mean, that's right there. And just him bouncing around with, uh, uh, you know, Michelle Williams house, 
fact that he was breaking his feet, but it was, it showed his intensity as an actor and, and his affinity for intense actors. And I do love that they mentioned that part um, that it, when Lawrence Olivier was working with Dustin Hoffman on Marathon Man, and he found out that um, Dustin was up for like three days on a bender because he needed to be in that mind state for one of the scenes. And he asked him, he's like, my dear boy, why don't you try acting? And, um, you know, Brian Cox kind of echoed that in, in the yeah. article. He's just like, I'm worried about him. He really goes intense. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, you know, it's whatever what's coming from that is just just remarkable. You know, I mean, he even said he's quoted in that article saying, I take him referring to his character, Kendall, as seriously as I take my own life. And I buy that he believes that. Oh, I absolutely do, too. <laughs> I mean, it's a worthwhile pursuit because Kendall um, entertains me more than any of these other characters, which isn't to say that none of the rest of them do. Yeah. But yeah, um, I did. I was a little bit worried with Kendall's arc that after the birthday party and the note, uh, you know, the, the conversation with his father about mm -hmm. trying to get out. Yeah. That they had just even though they weren't going to kill a character off, that they'd taken his arc as far as they possibly could. There was an argument for his death being at that point because of what you just said. They did. They, I mean, they, it, it almost makes sense. And, and especially when you look at that dinner scene with his father, that's a, that's a final moment right there. That's, that's devastating, you know? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm interested in is, like, how does Logan Roy see what he really needs his relationship with his children to be. Yeah. Um, and is it, is, is that relationship with his children, why he is consuming so much maca root and going to knock up his uh, assistant? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, I love that. that kept coming to play too. Having, having another child for Logan, it's just, it's just absolutely insane. Let's dance back. And, and when I watched episode seven, um, too much birthday, I just, I wanted to stop and do it and do a, an episode dedicated to it. It was, it's uh, it reminded me of um, the uh, Prague episode, which was Tom's bachelor party. It just, it just yeah. kind of just out there. It was kind of like it was Prague-ish in that way. And I was eating it up. It was um, directed by it's no, it's worth noting uh, Lorraine um, Scafaria. She did Hustlers, great director. And um, Hustlers is a good movie. It is a good movie. And um, it just it's it's so much fun. It is. It is. I just it's. You know, I love these the, the the intense drama. They took it to the heights of intense drama towards the end of this, but it is the silliness and the the just just absurdity of the rich things that can happen. I mean, let's think about the I, components I ask, of this party. I mean, we had a which one of them do you want to go to the most? What's that? The, I want to hang oh, out okay. in the treehouse a little bit. I want to walk through the wall of compliments for sure. I think I just want to stand in the wall of compliments. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy being complimented. So I feel like actually I get sick of it. They, they don't yeah. come across it. They're not particularly genuine. No, they, uh, there was a Plus, recreation of the Waystar office on fire at the party. Like that, that office where it was a recreation of the Waystar office yeah. and had the walls on fire. That's incredible. I really like the tabloid room. Yep. Um, yes. But I mean, that party, I, I, I can relate to one thing with that party and one character more than anybody, which is yeah. Tom, because I probably would have gone to that and would have taken the wrong drugs in the wrong order and wouldn't have had any fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or you might be looking for the three P's, uh, which were in this case, privacy, posse and pasta, which yeah. is the whole thing. I would also want to see um, 
little Wu Tang. I, I was upset that little, little Wu Tang. I wanted to great. see. I'm glad I understand why they didn't. It was enough to just talk about it and imagine it. But the performance they were putting together was absolutely hysterical. It must have been so fun in the in the you know as writers bringing these ideas to life. Um, another thing I want to ask you is I knew we were going to talk about this. Is I know you know you 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 discuss these kids appropriately so as you know um you know people you can't really you shouldn't really care about or anything did you have any empathy for Kendall at the end of this one he really was in a very low point you know when he's ripping apart the birthday gifts looking for his kid's gift he's um you know he was he got the cash in fuck off card from from his dad his siblings aren't there from his parents aren't at the party just I mean it, it was his brother pushes him to the ground and mocks him, yeah, his absolutely. little brother. So really like, intense stuff. I mean, I do feel for him. And I think that the I only, I felt for two people really deeply in that episode, right? Yeah. Um, Kendall, because of the fact that he's realized midway through it also that his girlfriend doesn't like him and basically, um, you know, doesn't know how to think about him, doesn't know what any of his interests are. We don't even actually know if Kendall has any interests. Yeah. yeah. But um, besides trying to look cool and being a, you know, so a person, a, a personality around town, but uh, I think his kids are the only thing he actually might care about. Yeah. And that's even debatable because he just can't even pay attention to them when he's floating in the pool. But um, I felt badly for him and I felt badly for Connor because you know what? Just let the man wear a fucking jacket. That that was that was that was an unbelievable funny thing that was happening. He was sending the assistant around to keep checking and bringing him. Yeah. It's funny the um he, he showed up with a broken arm. That is something they talked about when you watch after the episode when the showrunners discussed. He actually broke uh his I believe it was his arm. Um, you know during the thing they kind of just wrote it into the thing. But that episode was interesting to me too because that was you know you mentioned Rowan pushing him down. That was more of what I thought to be the rise of Roman. And, you know, he um, who who can't piss in front of other men because who knows why? <laughs> I love, I love yeah. how that was how he, how he phrased it. But he just looked like he was, you know, starting to make this deal happen. He obviously gave Roman the card that was, you know, uh, that turned out to not even be true. But, I mean, it's so funny to see how it all played out when you think about, you know, Roman's arc at that point. Um, there was another moment in the show that made me want to throw up in my mouth, though. It was when they found out that the DOJ wasn't going to be pushing, um, you know, wasn't they weren't going to get in that uh, much trouble for what, what they've done. And Logan raises a toast to justice. And it just, yeah. it just makes me really think about, you know, everyone can rationalize everything. You can position yourself as the hero or the righteous person in any way and i'm sure that's what they were doing they it's crazy to me oh yeah i mean it's the whole concept of uh, one man's terrorist another man's freedom fighter yeah, like no doubt. you can basically you can position that for any any sort of rhetorical argument Absolutely. Right? um i don't necessarily think that it's right and that only happens in a world within which you've torn apart the uh moral fibers of it which you are led to assume that waystar royco in particularly yeah. ACN news has, mm -hmm. but you know, they, I mean, this is the same, this is the same. I mean, he, he chose a fascist as the next Republican presidential candidate in a hotel room. Un unbelievable that, that, uh, I do see that 
still playing out. That was um, Justin Kirk was playing that role. A great actor. He's um, most people know from his role in Angels of America, one of my favorite miniseries ever. Um, and, that, and again, I was speaking to Roman and just how I thought he was so involved. Roman was the one who kind of was working with him and, and, and figuring him <laughs> out. And Logan went with that. And, you know, that was that was an episode six what it takes and they were at uh the future freedom summit there which it which was just so sickening to me just watching these you know uh right-wing masters of the universe kind of just picking who would be their next leader and, oh and i mean they had and they had spoof stand-ins like that that character i guess is like you know you're josh hawley Yep, I guess is that who they're Definitely. basically making fun of. You have the Marco Rubio that they're projecting mm-hmm. out there at Salgado. And then you have, I guess, the feckless vice president's kind of, I guess, supposed to be like a Mike Pence. Uh, that was my thought, up. too. Yeah. yeah it has to be like a Mike Pence, Mitch McConnell kind of like, you know, you know, like kind of like a just a, you know, Republican ghoul kind of person. Definitely. They're all ghouls. Like, you know, I'm not going to try to sit there and hide my political beliefs here. I disdain no. the Republican Party. But um, <laughs> I'm watching Secession. I mean, like this show makes fun of that particular of that particular area. If you're watching Absolutely. it and you're, you know, deeply Republican and don't like, you know, laugh at it, you're not in on the joke. You're not. Yeah, I'm sure that ha- I'm sure that happens on the regular. It's, it's, it, you know what? It hits, um, you know, purposely very close to home on that stuff. And it's very disturbing to think about the fact that you know that influential right-wing media company that is um waystar that has this this outlet is going with a fascist and i like i said i do see that coming that episode had um one of one of my another one of my favorite scenes in it uh and that also another kind of foreshadowing i believe the greg and tom tom diner scene where they were talking about prison and they were oh, eating yeah. food and they were talking about the food in prison and the prison vlogs. And he makes that terrible joke about how um, eating whatever they were eating at the time was like invading out Afghanistan. You got to start in the middle, then we got to work your way out. But that scene was like, it was really poignant to their relationship. And Greg was asking if Tom can help take the fall for him and just seeing how they came around to that soulless um, conversation they had where they decided to dance with the devil together. That was a beautifully... Um, it was a beautiful scene. It was so well acted. I mean, they love each other. They lo- they do, don't they? There's genuine love there. Absolutely. It's because like can't. his wife doesn't love him. His wife thinks he's an idiot, no. and like he's much smarter than her. But like his wife thinks he's his wife thinks she's way too good for him. And like, yeah, no, you're yeah. not. You're not. <laughs> when he said to Greg, I mean, I you know I'm the one in his family that looks out for you. He does. I mean, he yeah, I mean, whether it's just spending time with him or just like being around him or, you know, and, and he was able to look out for him in a major way, it seems, in this final episode. But I mean, he, Kendall clearly there. doesn't. What's that? Kendall doesn't. He Kendall aligned himself to Kendall and Kendall told him he was going to burn him and then Absolutely. told him that he couldn't ask his assistant out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We asked out and then they are separate betting. But, you know, you know everybody wants to be eighth in line to the throne of Luxembourg. You know, that's so good. That whole, you know, <laughs> Greg had a good final episode. We know it just hit me. Um, I was thinking about all the craziness that happened at that party. Um, uh, Shiv was dancing herself clean at one point. She was kind of having her Elaine, um, 
Elaine from oh, Seinfeld yeah. dancing moment. She was trying to find some strange and it wasn't finding her. <laughs> it was, and also in that episode, and I knew I, I can't help but come back too much birthday. Uh, more with Tom was um, he had the complete euphoric start of that episode. It's really cool arc that, that it had for him where he felt, you know, he lifted the desk up you know, mm-hmm. and like hugged Greg and just was freaking out. And at the end of it, he was in the, the you know, way too high, way uncomfortably high and in a limo on the way home, just terribly down. And just, you can see in all these moments that it would come to roost in the way it did. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's such a, you know, it, you take all these episodes on their own as they go through it, because they do create these little experiences on their own, but they've been dropping the seeds and the breadcrumbs to, to the path to, to what came in this finale the entire time. It's brilliantly written. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's just, they connected everything and like they connect everything so well. And there were definitely points in this season where they intentionally slowed things down yeah. and you thought, okay, maybe they've run out, but mm-hmm. they paced it perfectly to really just ramp it up until, you know, the two last episodes, really the three last episodes. Cause the 40th birthday party is one of my favorite episodes of television ever. I've watched it like I, three times. So have I. Yeah, I'm not I, done either. <laughs> I, I might watch it after this, or at least very much just the scene where everybody walks in through um, their mother's vagina. Because Yeah, that's another uh, component. I forgot that component. Why? Why? <laughs> it's just, it, and that's that's the thing of this. It's It's... That's why secession is appropriately the phenomenon that it is. It's, it does have these gripping storylines and you're, you're watching these people wade through this world and, you know, fight for what they believe is theirs and, and just, you know, for power of everything, literally power of everything. But then it's just hilarious. And it just, it just, they're just cutting each other down. And that, that, you know what I really, I just, can't understand but i can't get enough of is how hard they are in each other how they just cut each other down and they say the meanest things in the world and then they play monopoly together you know it's just, they just monopoly game was amazing it was it was and that's it that was and also like that was it was wild to see um uh logan with iverson again he's like reading to him i like the way i also thought it was it was a nice they finessed it well how they brought um you know uh kendall back from you know the hospital there and him walking in with his italian gatorade drink and just kind of like how you know it, it just wasn't that big of a thing it was just another part of his downfall you know yeah the downfall that we've seen from basically the first episode onward yeah so i'm thinking just thinking about moving forward and i'm it's i'm more excited in i'm sure i said this at the end of season two i'm more excited than ever i just i could not trust these showrunners more i i just there's just so much, even with how much was concluded and a lot of things were brought, you know, home that we've been dealing with for a while. There's just so much more on the table. I mean, I believe um, I said earlier that Justin Kirk's character of fascist could definitely play, but I could see Alexander Skarsgård who's, who's role in this whole thing. Um, I found completely fascinating. I could see him be, being a part of the regular cast. I think oh, I could too. I mean, especially also because the show has that kind of cachet right now where you can yeah. actually attract a star of his magnitude. Because like, if you look at it, the biggest star of any of these people coming into this show's existence, I don't know, Brian Cox or Kieran Culkin, who yeah. I wouldn't by any stretch of the imagination call like, you know, big stars. 
Yeah, definitely. It was in that New Yorker article. They, um, the writer, I apologize, I can't think of the name right now. At one, at one point, he called, uh, described Jeremy Strong as the, the hand dog face of someone who wasn't destined for stardom. And I guess that's why his intensity has brought it home. I mean, you know, that, that he's not wrong about describing that face like that, but uh, you're right. It was, that's, it was, a, it was an ensemble and, and just, <laughs> and, and all these, they're so good on their own. And I think we're all appreciating their talent singularity, but it was always them as a whole acting in concert together. That was so special. Yeah. I mean, and it's just, Part of I think that Jeremy Strong probably takes first billing in this now, mainly because of the fact that he's, you know, insane. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> it, it's going to be so curious to see where they take that and, and, and what they do. And I mean, and, but like we say that, and you're not wrong about, uh, I agree completely, but like when Brian Cox is just there willing to put in, like he could just be sitting back and then they'll have that fuck off moment with those kids and just, you see his pure power that exists in him. He's, he's the truth, man. He really is the truth. He's great. And it's, again, like, you know, you talk about them being abused. I think that like this, the thing that's the most amazing throughout the show is just Logan doesn't want to deal with that because he actually then would have to deal with the fact that he's not perfect. And that he actually deeply psychically harmed his four children. What did he say? I'm, I'm not going to get it. But when he was sitting with Kendall, he described what he believed the world is. And I think it was something like uh, a bunch of people fighting for a knife in the mud. Yeah. And that was like that worldview that he had is so disturbing. I mean, and troubling. And and if you think about someone in that position, thinking that that's the truth and that's what, what life is, but wow, that really hit hard. I mean, it feels like that's realistically what his worldview is. Yeah, totally. And it feels like that fits with kind of what the worldview of like probably Rupert Murdoch is. So yeah, um, yeah. it yeah, doesn't, that, it, it tracks is what I'm trying to say. It tracks. And that sort of cynicism definitely um, lends to people being able to do what they do for, for the reasons they do it. Um, you know, what was absolutely wonderful was to have everybody. And I'm talking about just the internet, the social medias, to have everyone on board with enjoying this one, you know, some, you know, uh, sometimes the satisfaction of an episode or a season can be dampened by a bunch of people out there cr- critiquing it or whining haters, about it. If you will, what's that? The haters, if you will, the haters, if you will, in pouring on that hater aid from everything I could see out there in the world. I wasn't seeing the hate. I was seeing a celebration of a season that they 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 set up and they knocked down and they killed it and it was so much fun to see everyone just wanting to hear from jesse wanted to know more about jeremy wanted to talk about this it's a true water cooler sunday night show that just knocked it out of the park in season three in an amazing way i i fully agree and I, you know, I, I, I can't wait to see how they corp- incorporate the house husband in the next season. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about some curbs soon, Justin. <laughs> we got to talk about Omni umbrellas and everything like that. But I, I, I just think this show just really, it's so perfect for the time as, as billionaires are out there taking all they want. We, um, we need to laugh at them sometimes, but we also absolutely have to highlight, you know, what is happening and by who and think about it. And it works on both levels. It has, this show has given me though, one of my single greatest wants in life now though. What is that? 
You know that really nice wooden motorboat that they keep taking to like see Madsen? Boat. Is that what yeah. they call those? Yeah, but like it's like got really nice wood paneling. Yeah, it's nice. I want that. You like it? Yeah. I really do. It's probably far more money than it needs to be. And like I probably don't have the money for it or a, a lake. I live in a 10th floor apartment in Manhattan. But uh, like, yeah, I, I, th- that would be really kind of fun. That's a really nice looking boat. It's a beautiful boat. There's the, the, the it, it is fun to travel with them and experience these extravagances. Uh, it's wild. I'm just picturing Roman on that boat, kind of just like tapping his fingers on it as his dad shoot him away while he's making making a deal. But what a show! What a season, Justin. You got anything else for us? Nah, I think I'm just gonna fuck off. Yeah, fuck off. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. I really, really appreciate it, Justin. It's so much fun talking this session with you. So, thank you, and thank you. Uh, everybody out there for once again join the party if you search for tenderness it isn't hard to find you can have the love you need to live but if you look for truthfulness you might just as well be blind it always seems to be so hard to give Honesty is such a lonely word. Everyone is so untrue. Yeah, I think we're good. That's good. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.